Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Uh, in Revelation chapter 2, beginning a brand new church today, so looking forward to that. Uh, If you can find your place in Revelation chapter 2, we are in verse number 18. So talking today about the church of Thyatira. Uh, Thyatira, again, located in Asia Minor, was was exactly that. It was a minor church Uh, from the standpoint of, I shouldn't say minor church, because uh, there are no small churches or insignificant churches. But the area, the, the city of Thyatira was not considered to be a main city. It wasn't considered to be necessarily uh, a popular city. Uh, but it was a city where a lot of blue-collar people lived. You know, just kind of like a lot of cities in America. Cities that maybe aren't uh, the city you would think of, like a New York or a Los Angeles or a Chicago or a Houston or a Washington, D.C., but cities like Columbus, Ohio, or cities like uh, Akron, Ohio, or like Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, or like uh, Greenville, South Carolina, or other cities around our country that maybe aren't big, aren't on the, the prime list, uh, but they're, they're good working centers known for their jobs and known for their economy. And that was the city of Thyatira. It was especially known for its working guilds. So, for instance, a, a class of people like stonemasons would have a stonemasons guild or whatever the particular job happened to be, a goldsmith or whatever your job was. And it was important that you be connected to your guild because that's where the networking took place. Uh, that's where you would get job opportunities. That's where you would climb that ladder. Um, that's where you would get all of your connections. And so in order to advance and to survive in one's particular guild, you would attend the guild meetings and you would attend the parties and the social events that went along with it. And of course, all of that meant that you had to participate in some pretty worldly activity. And Thyatira, like the other cities in Rome during those days, uh, was not known for its moral known for its morality. It was known for its immorality. And one who would work in these respective guilds would have to uh, really uh, he he would have to wound his conscience to participate. And so believers increasingly had to remove themselves from society and could not participate in some of these parties and some of these activities and and in some ways that really affected their living. And yet there was somebody at the church of Thyatira that was wrongly telling the people of the church, no, 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 that's okay. You can participate in the world and you can make these compromises and God will understand and you don't have to necessarily follow all the precepts about virtue in the Bible. I mean, there are some things that, that, that God will overlook. Watch what it says here in Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 18. Unto the angel 
of the church in Thyatira write? Now, first of all, watch the commendation. Because remember, in each one of these situations, when Jesus addresses a church, he gives them first a commendation, which I think is such a great rule of thumb for all of us, dads, moms, pastors, youth pastors, leaders. I think it's wise for us to praise the good that we can before we deal with the negative. And so that's what Jesus does here. And he says, these things write, saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. Interestingly, when Jesus introduces himself to this church, he introduces himself in a way that would command respect. Uh, The eyes like a flame of fire. Uh, Sometimes we use the term, boy, he could look right through me. Uh, eyes like a flame of fire, feet like brass. Brass uh, was the, the hardest metal of the day. It was a shiny metal, burnished brass. It was a symbol of judgment because it could undergo that burning. And so Jesus is introducing himself to this church as one to be respected, the son of God, with eyes of a flame of fire, with feet of brass, In other words, sit up and take notice. I have something very serious to talk to you about. Look at verse number 19, where Jesus says, I know thy works. We've seen this several times now, haven't we? I know thy works. So even though you might seem like you're insignificant and that you're not as as, uh, big as maybe another city or your church might not be as affluent as maybe other places, I know your works. And that's a great solace that you and I have, no matter where we minister, in big places, in small places, in big churches, quote unquote, or small churches, uh, in urban settings, or maybe on some country road, God knows, and Jesus knows our works. The Bible says, I know thy works, and charity, and charity specifically is a love that gives, charity, and service. Uh, your, your ministry to others, service, uh, faith, obviously the just shall live by faith and faith that's bona fide always shows up in action, in works. Faith without works is dead. So I know your works. I know what you, where your works come from. Uh, I, I know your works as being uh, works of love, charity, and works of service, uh, the way by which you serve and help other people. Works of faith. It comes out of a heart that believes in God. So th- this is all very, very good. What, what Jesus is saying is I see the outside and I see the inside and I see that the outside is there because of the right inside. So, so far, so good. What a commendable church. Then the Bible says, and thy patience. The word patience here means the way that you put up with, the way that you endure, the way that you hang in there. So think about it. Here's a church that's loving, serving, helping, living by faith, hanging in there. Uh, Jesus has some really good things to say about this faithful church. But watch now what the Bible goes on to say about them. Verse number 19, thy patience, thy works, and the last... So referring to their works and the last to be more than the first. Now, what what a great capstone of praise on this church. As Jesus says, hey, I know your works, works that have been born out of these great 
uh, dispositions like love and faith and these other things we've talked about. And one thing I've noticed, said Jesus, is that your works are increasing. The last is more than the first. So here's a church that is not just doing what's right, but they're growing in the doing of right. Uh, They have a greater capacity to serve and a a greater capacity to get things done for the Lord. That's always a good thing, isn't it? When we're growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that growth is being evidenced by things that they're doing. Their works are an indicator of their faith. Hey, this is all so, so, so very good. Here's where the problem arises. Verse number 20 notwithstanding. And what what we would say today is in spite of all of these good things, see the good things in our Christian life don't give us an excuse to say, well, you know, I do so well in this area and in this area, I'm serving so well over here. God will give me a pass on this and I don't really have to work on this. That's not the way it works. So what does Jesus say? Notwithstanding, Uh, Verse number 20, I have a few things against thee. And then watch where he starts in verse 20. Because thou sufferest, and we would say today, because you're allowing, thou sufferest that woman Jezebel. Now, her name probably wasn't Jezebel, but uh, we all know that Jezebel is a very pejorative word. It, it's a, it's a no, no doubt Jezebel before we ever heard about Jezebel and Ahab way back when, maybe it was a pretty, pretty name, but we'll never think about Jezebel in a positive light because we know who Jezebel was. It's the same reason why you avoided naming your kids certain names because those names, even though they might sound good by themselves, reminded you about some person that you didn't like. So that's the point here is that when Jesus is pointing out This woman in this church that he's going to rebuke, he calls her Jezebel. Why? Because she's an evil woman. Now, why? Well, look look at what it says. Thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess. So this woman, whoever she is, claims to be a great teacher. She claims to be a revealer of God's word. She's had a measure of influence among the people through her teaching ministry. Uh, She... Uh, claims to be a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and eat things sacrificed unto idols. So here's the point. The point is this woman in the church is encouraging the people of the church to go ahead and participate in these different activities of society surrounded by or uh, the example of which would be these guilds that we talked about. So it's okay to go to these parties. It's okay to get involved in these drunken feasts. It's okay to participate in the immoral culture around you. It's okay. Uh, because after all, you have to make a living and, and you have to, but so you can participate. You can be a Christian and you can have that life but then you can also go out in the real world and you can have that life. You can do both. I said so. And God told me to say so. I'm a prophetess. Now we see the problem, don't we? Because here's a woman that obviously has not heard from God. 
And anybody, somebody, anytime somebody tells you something that, that they say came from God, it was a word from God, but it doesn't match what the word of God says, you know that they're lying. That's always been the test of a false prophet. Does that prophecy align with the word of God? Is it 100% true? If not, they are a false prophet. So this woman, uh, Jezebel, was a false prophetess. And she was saying, telling people things that they wanted to hear. I mean, who didn't want to hear? Oh, it's okay. You can go. You can have your cake and eat it too. These are things she was saying. And what Jesus said to this church is, church, you are held accountable because you have the word of God. You know the truth and you're allowing this woman just because you like what she hears. She's bringing short-term success to your people. You're allowing her to have this ministry. You are wrong for suffering her, for allowing her to have this ministry. Look at verse number 21. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication and she repented not. Now, that's very interesting. What Jesus said is, hey, this woman, perhaps she was even saved. Perhaps she even knew the Lord. And the Bible says that Jesus gave her a space of grace. I think he does that with all of us. So I think she knew what she was saying was wrong. She had to have known that. She knew that she wasn't receiving a word from God. She knew that she was manipulating. She knew that she was just trying to tell people what they wanted to hear and bring economic success to the church. She probably didn't want to deal with the ostracizement of society or whatever. And yet Jesus gave her a season where she could have repented before judgment came. And I think Jesus does the same thing for you and for me. Now, uh, there's much more to cover here that we're not going to be able to to cover uh, today. So we're going to stop right there in verse 21. Lord willing, next episode, we're going to cover the rest of this chapter and finish out this church. But for today, let's just remember that the word of God should be our primary guide when it comes to teaching, when it comes to the teachers that we allow in our church or the teachers we allow to come over our, our screen like you're watching me right now or listening to me, we need to make sure that always the standard is the unchanging word of God. And no matter how much we're serving and loving and helping, if we're not being right doctrinally and coming back to the principles of God's word, we're going to fall by the wayside like this woman Jezebel did. So I hope that helps today. We're going to come back right here on next episode. Hope you'll join us. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.